most of the time, the way we do things is actually backwards. Right? We, we Interesting. Think, yeah, we think about the outcomes that we have and we're trying to repair those outcomes. But rarely do we go all the way back to the real root issue, which is always our beliefs. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in today's episode, we're going to help you to identify the root causes of your financial problems and the root cause of some of the good things that are happening in your finances as well. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I'm so glad that we finally have the opportunity to go a little bit past the surface level stuff. Uh, A lot of times we give you great tactics and strategies and some basic ideas that you can execute. But I think before you can execute something, you really have to believe in it. You have to have a new mindset shift And that a lot of times we speak to very practical components in our lives, but we're made up of four different parts. In in my worldview, I think every person is made up of four different parts. Now, Mm -hmm. some people might say three. The three that I think we can all agree on is we are partly physical as humans. We have physical bodies. But we're also mental. Like we have a mind where we battle with different concepts and ideas and mm-hmm. beliefs. Mm-hmm. And we're also emotional. So the physical, the emotional, and the mental are big components of every person that I know. And I would add a fourth. I would say that we are spiritual beings. And there is something spiritual that happens as well in our minds and in our hearts and that can affect the rest of our lives. And so I would add that fourth element. Today, we'll primarily be focusing on the mental and the emotional. And what are some of the roots that allow us to move into a place of having good and healthy and happy fruit, good outcomes in our life. So Leo, let's talk a little bit about outcomes and mm-hmm. behaviors and beliefs and how these things tie together today. Yeah. As human beings, we do things in a pattern. There's always a reason why we do what we do. You know, if you really think about every action that you take, it's based on a belief. It's something that you believe in. And that belief is going to lead you to a certain type of behavior, right? If I believe certain thing, I'm going to do certain things. And then as I do those things, then I'm going to have a certain outcome. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, the way we do things is actually backwards. Interesting. Yeah, we think about the outcomes that we have, and we're trying to repair those outcomes. But rarely do we go all the way back to the real root issue, which is always our beliefs, the way we think. So if, for instance, I have debt because I spend too much money on junk, because I have no budget, I don't track my expenses, and I make poor financial decisions. An attempted fix, if I'm focusing on the outcome, not on my actual beliefs, is that maybe I'll spend less money, or I'll live on a budget, or I'll start tracking expenses, I'll make better decisions. However, those are going to be short-lived. In fact, there's a study that was done many years ago that said for about 90 days, you can force yourself to do just about anything. But beyond that, if you don't transform the way you think, then you will kind of spring back to that original way that you just are wired to to behave and act because right. you're thinking. The way you behave is based on your thinking. It's, it's based on your beliefs. So many people try to fix their financial problems or think their financial problems are based on just focusing on the outcomes. 
Another way to look at it is let's use exercise and health as an example. If you think about this 90-day challenge that many people go through, it's the idea that if you can force yourself to do something for 90 days, you'll develop a habit and eventually you, you can stick to this new way of living. But I would challenge that, that unless you actually embrace a new way of thinking, if your actual thinking is not, can I get down to a certain weight, and after that, I can go back to live the way I want. I can eat burgers, I can have candy, I can do whatever I want. If you think about it that way, eventually after the 90-day trial goes through, after you push yourself for 90 days, if you've not changed the way you're thinking, you'll go right back to, now it may take you a while to put that weight back on. Yeah. You'll go back to the same way you were, potentially even worse, because nothing really changes. You're forcing yourself to change the outcome, which is I'm overweight and I need to change it. But if you just focus on changing the outcome instead of actually changing yourself, mm -hmm. then you'll go back to the same outcomes. That's right. And I'm hoping that today we can really begin to identify some of the symptoms in your life, some of the, the fruit, the things that you can physically see right. or that you naturally constantly uh, see occurring in your life. And not only identify those symptoms and that fruit, but then we're going to take some time to identify some roots that may be leading to that. And roots would be like a belief system. Right. Some things that are ingrained into your mind that cause you to do certain behaviors that lead you to that good fruit or that bad fruit, to mm -hmm. lead you to the this symptom of pain or maybe a symptom of health and happiness. And so we're actually going to look at that. And the way that I like to think of this is in my yard... Unfortunately, there are at least a handful of weeds. If I'm being honest, probably maybe more than a little handful. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are some <laughs> weeds in my yard, right? And as I go through and I mow my lawn, I can see these weeds popping up. And I see the fruit, which would be, you know, these briars and spiky leaves and, you know, ugly yellow flowers. And I don't know what that, that one weed is, but it has the big white ball that's like a puff and you can blow on it and it sends weed seeds I everywhere. Don't yeah. <laughs> but so I see that. Yeah. And what I know is that that is a problem in my yard. And I have two options. I can either mow over that weed mm -hmm. and and that cuts it down to to hardly noticeable yeah. and, and it almost kind of blends in with the rest of the grass right and that is me forcing an outcome i've forced the outcome of seeing this this weed and the, the fruit of it right all these different leaves and you know garbage that's in the yard i forced it back down to baseline but i didn't actually address the root system underneath right and if I really want to deal with a weed in my yard, I've got to get out my shovel or I've got this little like two prong thing that I can jam down into the dirt, pick the dirt up and pull this weed out. Mm -hmm. And if I really want to deal with that weed, I've got to get to the root of it. Right. And that's what I want us to do today. I want to highlight some of those good fruit and that bad fruit that we see and then tie it back to some root systems and beliefs that we have. Uh, just like if you have a healthy apple tree, the only way you get good, healthy apples is if you have a good, healthy root system. Mm -hmm. And so we want to look at this. So let's talk about some of the good fruit. Um, some things, honestly, that I've seen in your life, Leo, and some things that I've seen in other people who've been good managers for a long time they have savings goals. Mm -hmm. And that goal 
is simply a symptom of a deeper root. There's something that goes beyond that. The goal is actually a piece of fruit, uh, a mm -hmm. house, having your down payment already ready to pay towards your first home. Mm -hmm. That's a fruit. Yeah. Uh, being debt free. You might think, oh, well, debt free is the root of having other good things in your life. Mm -hmm. No, debt freedom is actually a symptom or is actually a fruit of yeah. other roots that you've implemented, other belief systems that you have. Uh, peace patience before a purchase, having self-control. This is good fruit in your life, being generous towards other people. Mm -hmm. That is fruit of a belief system, right. uh, having a written budget. Now, I also believe that having a budget is kind of a root in some ways, because if you have a good budget, it's going to produce good fruit. If you have a bad budget, it's going to produce bad fruit. But even the concept of having a written plan Living on a plan is actually a fruit of a deeper belief system. Mm -hmm. um, having a legacy plan, having a personal business. You meet people who learned how to have a business from their parents. They learned entrepreneurship or they learned it in school, mm -hmm. but they had a belief uh, a belief system that shifted either as a child or in business school or by watching another entrepreneur and they started to believe something new and mm -hmm. it caused them to have little behaviors that led them towards a small business and then over time a very big business most mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. So this starts with a belief. Um, working, even just being operating daily in your identity and calling, part of what Leo and I want to do inside of getting money right is help shift your belief system to the fact that it matters that you do something that is on purpose with your life to serve other people, right. that you were created with a purpose, with a calling, and that you are financially free to pursue your true life's purpose. But living in your true life's purpose is actually, again, a fruit of a deeper belief system. These are all good fruit. I'm highlighting some good fruit, and you may be doing some of these things already, mm -hmm. and it's because you have good roots in place. And so today, we're going to go beyond looking at the good fruit, and we're going to look at the good roots. And we're also going to talk about some of the bad fruits. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the bad fruit that we have as a potential to financial situations that we get into. So one would be arguing and fighting over money. If the outcome is arguing and fighting over money, realize that there's a deeper belief or choice that you're making, and that's based on what you believe. So maybe you come into a marriage and you have totally different personalities, and that's usually pretty <laughs> that's standard. That's normal. Right? <laughs> it's normal, right? One's a saver, one's a spender. Uh, the other one likes to have fun, the other one likes to stay home. And there's always going to be a difficult journey to come together and say, how do we do something that we both enjoy, something that we both love? But that has to come from who you are. It has to go deep down into what you believe. If you have those conversations, you can come to an agreement and you can start having unity in how you spend money. If you don't, it's always his or hers. That's right. And you're each pulling in different directions. Another bad fruit is consumer debt. It's constantly having this revolving debt that just seems to go out of hand. And every once in a while, you bear down, you pay it down, but then it comes back up again. And so it's this cycle of I'm in a ton of debt, I can't make my bills. Then you just buckle down and, and get to a place where you can breathe again, financially right. speaking. And then as soon as you relax, you go right back to it. Again, that's bad fruit. Credit card debt, car debt, constantly borrowing for cars because you don't potentially have a budget. That's right. another bad fruit. No budget, which of course, has all kinds of bad fruit. Impulse buying, right? Whenever you buy something because you see it and you're like, I'd love to have that, and you just pull the trigger and do it, that's another bad fruit. 
owning a bunch of stuff, right? Stuff that maybe you bought thinking this is going to make me happy. And now it just sits in your closet or it sits in your garage or whatever. And so it's this materialism mindset that again, it's not rooted in just the fact that you want stuff. It's that maybe there's something else deeper that's mm -hmm. driving that materialism. Mm -hmm. And that leads you into hoarding. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this with people where they gather so much mm -hmm. stuff yeah. and you see stuff all over their house, in their garage, and it's it's fruit of a deeper root. There's fear. There's a fear system in place. There's uh, an insecurity. There's a belief that there won't be enough. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to hold on to every yep. single Everything's thing. Everything's important. Right? Yep. So even as we talk about some of these good fruits and some of this bad fruit, I want you as you're listening to be thinking about which of these are showing themselves in your life? Mm -hmm. Which of these symptoms are you exhibiting? Are you arguing and fighting over money? Uh, are you carrying credit card debt month to month? Mm -hmm. Do you make impulse purchases? If you're hearing that and you're like, ooh, that, that strikes a chord with me, mm -hmm. then keep listening because we're going to start to dig into some of these, these roots. Uh, if, on the other hand, you have a great budget in place and, and you are debt-free and you're walking in self-control, then realize that that's good fruit and then walk with us as we go to some of the roots so that you can help other people mm. address their root systems. Uh, so a few more bad fruits in our lives, uh, always running out of money mm. before the end of the month, <laughs> right? You're like, oh, I have more, more bills than I have paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not having any savings. That's a bad fruit. Uh, not having any medical insurance. That may seem strong, but if you have good roots in your life over a long period of time, you're going to either be in the kind of job that covers your medical insurance or you're going to have found an entrepreneurial way to earn enough to provide insurance for the family. Right. Right. So this is just it's one symptom. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means that there is a symptom of a deeper root, right. uh, not having any kind of future investment. If you don't have anything set aside for the future, it's because you have a broken belief system or there's something missing from your beliefs and there's a root that we've got to find and then we've got to pull that out. We've got, got to heal it. You have to answer the question, why is it that I don't have anything saved? Yeah. I know many people use this as an excuse that well, I don't make enough money to invest or save. I don't think that's actually true. I oh, think absolutely. I think if you really begin to look at everything you spend money on, you could always sacrifice something that's of low value, something that will not change your life. It will not make your life better or worse. And you stop spending there and start investing, whether it's $50 or $25 a paycheck, whatever it is. So the fact that you have nothing saved, nothing invested, tells me there's a deeper root there. Absolutely. Okay. So now that we've identified some of these fruits some of these symptoms in our lives, let's look at the possible root systems that lead us there. There are about 10 different root systems that we're going to deal with today. And we're going to start with insecurity and self-image problems. And insecurity is a major, major root. Mm -hmm. It is this place where you don't feel comfortable in your own skin. You literally don't believe that you have what it takes to achieve the things that you want in life or that you don't have what it takes to be in certain conversations with different people. You, you don't feel secure mm -hmm. walking through life, accomplishing the things that you want to do. And we talk about living on purpose for your true life's purpose. You're afraid to even step into that because of the insecurity. And I'm saying you, we all deal with insecurity at some level, right. but this is one of the greatest ones. And the way that people manifest 
manifest this is they end up buying stuff mm-hmm. to cover their insecurity. Yeah. Imagine that. You feel like you're not good enough, so you buy expensive clothes, put them on, because then other people around you are looking at an, a shell. They're looking at an image of you, and you feel like you have this barrier or this protective armor of fancy clothes, a, a fancy car, maybe a nice neighborhood that you live in. And this isn't true of everyone, but some people who live in really nice neighborhoods only live there because they are afraid and insecure and they feel like they need to surround themselves with people who look like they've done well in order for them to find security in themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just crazy thinking that somehow money or thinking that somehow status symbols are going to fill that void of insecurity. Mm-hmm. This is a common, common root across uh, many people's lives. So I've personally experienced this across my life in several different areas. Uh, Insecurity is something that I have had to go through, and I've also learned how to be healed from this, Hmm. right? And so let, let me just give you an example. You see people who may be insecure that would drive a super nice vehicle that they probably can't afford, But that vehicle looks nice, and so they feel like they're more important, and they feel like other people will see them as more important. Mm -hmm. That's one form of insecurity, where you buy the nicest car or the nicest stuff. The other form of insecurity, and this is where I landed, is that I would usually drive an older car or a ghetto car, (laughs) uh, something to save money. I I wanted a vehicle that was super cheap, super practical, and that allowed me to save more money And then I would begin to find my source of security in having a pool of money off to the side. Mm. Hey, I've got this pool of money, therefore I'm secure, therefore I feel less insecure. It was me coping with my insecurity trying to use money. And people do it in both ways. Some overspend to cope and some underspend to cope. We need to be aware that insecurity can be one of the deepest roots that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, I agree. Another one that affects our self-image is pride. And pride is having an arrogant spirit. It's having this idea that I deserve what I want when I want it. And it uses money to add status symbols into a person's life. It also uses money as a measuring tool of success. There's this image that we're trying to portray that we are better. And it is tied to insecurity, I think, sometimes. Pride and insecurity kind of go hand in hand. But for me... I remember how pride was exemplified in my life when I was younger. Because I had insecurities, I tried to deal with it by also having a prideful spirit. I bought my first car. I remember I went with my dad to buy my first car, and he told me, don't buy this car. It's a sports car. It's been used. Somebody traded it in because there's something wrong with it. But all I could think of, David, was how I would look behind the wheel of that car. And all I could think of is what my friends would say or how they would react to me having this car. So it was this idea that this was going to elevate my status as a friend, person, I would get get more girls, whatever. But right. it was all based around this prideful spirit. Like, I'm going to use this vehicle to make myself look better than I am. Yeah, And it, it was very much rooted in pride and insecurity. Yeah, well, and I can see this in myself, and this is kind of funny. Uh, I'm in no way am I a clothing aficionado or expert (laughs) or somebody who even really truly values clothing, but I've seen this vacillation between pride and insecurity Mm. uh, 
in clothing, even in my own life, which is kind of funny because it's not something I, I find my identity in, but it is something that I've noticed is that I will identify somebody based on their clothing and determine with a prideful spirit, hey, I don't want to be in relationship with that person. They don't look like they're put together. Mm -hmm. They don't look like they're worth me spending time with them. Wow. Yeah. And now I'm choosing not to be in relationship with somebody based on clothing. That's pride. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a major issue that needs yes, to be dealt is. with. Yeah. Now, immediately after that, I will walk into another room and I will see somebody who is dressed uh, elegantly, mm -hmm. exquisitely with style that I do not have because yeah. I'm not a stylish person. Yeah. And I will look at that person and I will then feel like, well, I can't be in a relationship with that person mm. because I don't meet their standards or I don't have their style or I don't have the money to purchase that kind of clothing. And so I immediately vacillate from pride to insecurity yeah, and incredible. vice versa. Now, this is not something that I deal with on a daily basis anymore. This is something that I have dealt with, though, because mm -hmm. I had that insecurity and I had that pride and it was unhealed and mm -hmm. it was an open wound that needed to be mended. And we're going to talk about how to begin to deal with some of these wounds toward the end of this episode. But let's continue to look at these symptoms, not just the symptoms, but what the root cause of some of these symptoms might be. Yeah. Another root cause uh, that affects your self-image is fear. Right, because fear, I think, is at the core of many of our decisions. Uh, it's what drives us to to do what we do. And if you think about, it might be fear of failure. Uh, it could be this idea that I don't want to look like a failure. I don't want to look like I'm not successful. And you might do anything that you can, especially as it relates to using money to make yourself feel better. But this fear of not being accepted is really, really real for us. We all want to be accepted. It's, a, it's like a primal need that we have. We need to have relationships. We mm -hmm. need to, to feel valued that other people care about us and other people have good thoughts and, and, and feelings toward us. That's why we want to be in a relationship. We want somebody that loves us as much as we want to love. Fear can also cause you to miss out on great opportunities because you're fearful. Like David said, you know, you walk into a room, you see somebody that is at a different level than you think uh, you are, and all of a sudden, you're fearful and insecure. You don't want to approach that person. I think the way this plays out in a financial sense is that we will use money or we'll spend money on things that will help us to overcome, or at least we hope it will help us to overcome those fears, whether that's buying something that makes us look better, feel better, and just generally helps us to push that fear aside because yeah. we don't want to deal with it. That's yeah, to cover it up, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And fear paralyzes too. We did a whole series on investments. Just mm -hmm. the last series that we did, five different episodes, digging into yeah. why you should be educated in the area of investments and you should begin investing and what that can look like for your overall financial life journey. But there are still people that will listen to that and they're paralyzed by the fear of making an investment choice that will decline and they actually won't make an investment choice. Mm -hmm. And if you do not educate yourself around that, you don't have an education that removes that fear of investing and also helps you to realize that inflation will begin to eat your money if you don't invest. It's that fear that's going to pause you from moving forward. It'll stop you from having a crucial conversation with your boss. It'll stop you from introducing yourself to somebody that you admire and respect and mm -hmm. want to learn from. Mm -hmm. Fear will hold you back, and it is a root that leads to so many problems in our lives. So fear is a big one. Another one that needs to be addressed. Let me just say this. 
as we're going through these, you may be driving as you're listening, you may be walking your dog, you may be jogging, you may be sitting at your computer. If you can, write down the ones mm-hmm. that resonate with you the most. Yes. Write it down because we want you to then be able to look at those and take some time to deal with them at the end of this episode, uh, and we'll point you to some other resources. So fear, uh, idolization. Mm. Now this is totally America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Idolization is when you have an extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or someone, mm. where you've turned something into an idol, you've put it up on a pedestal. And I think in America, the perfect example is American Idol, Yeah, right? We created an entire series with millions and millions of fans putting up singers, turning them into idols, putting them on a podium, and now we want to pursue, we admire, we, we move with reverence towards imitating that person's lifestyle. Mm. This is a root that will cause so many problems in your life. Even the American dream. Yeah. In our minds, there is, uh, in the American psyche, there's this idea that everyone deserves a three- to four-bedroom house with a white picket fence and a two-car garage with two nice vehicles and 2.5 kids and you know a, a great job with this and that. There is in the mindset that everyone deserves that. Mm-hmm. And personally, I believe that everybody can achieve that, but I don't believe that us saying, oh, we all want to idolize that position in life and fully focus and pursue as if that's our only reason to be here, we turn that dream into an idol Mm. and it causes us to make bad decisions in other areas. It causes us to overspend on a house we can't afford, to try to buy vehicles we can't afford, to impress somebody we don't even know and we don't even like, Mm. right? So uh, the American dream, pop culture is pushing towards idolization, looking at the quote unquote the rich and saying, I either wish I had what they had or I wish I could take away what they have mm. because I don't think they deserve it. I deserve some of it. Right, right. That's, that is idolization. That is a major root problem in your life or in our lives that will lead to terrible symptoms of financial choices, of mental thought patterns that cause you to make bad choices. It's a big issue. It is. And really it points to the fact that we have a low self-worth. Mm-hmm. We look at ourselves as being less than. And when you start there, then any decision you make is to try to fix that. When really what's important is to realize what are these root causes that are causing me to feel this way about myself, where I need to worship someone else. I want to be that person that's, you know, the winner of American Idol. A lot of people like to watch the auditions. For me, it's so difficult to watch those because I see people who go there with this unrealistic idea of how talented they are. And then when they're shot down, it's like a... It's just such a shock to them. And you wonder, why didn't someone warn them that really they didn't measure up to that talent that they're seeking? And that's the problem here, is that we have this idea of of what we want to be, and we idolize these people, and we think, surely, you know, my mom and my dad told me I can be anything and I can do anything. And some of that's true and some of it's not. But the reality is that whenever we set a bar that high and we don't deal with our real issues— when we don't really look at ourselves objectively, we stand to fail. And of course, in the financial area, we're going to do whatever it takes to prove 
that we are this person or try to attain the status of these people that we idolize. So it has some very negative consequences for people, especially as it comes to spending money. Yeah. And I, I saw this when Ashley and I moved into our first apartment. Uh, we saw our neighbor's car and it was just a nice car. And I began to think, well, what do I need to do to become like that person mm. so that I can have the vehicle they drive? Now, I knew that I needed to earn more money to have that kind of vehicle. Right. So I was thinking, how can I become like that person so that I can have their financial status so I can drive that car? And it was sparked by looking at the car. Mm. But what it ended up causing me to do is think, how can I become that person? Yeah. Instead of how can I discover what I was created to do and be content and go live in the thing that I was made for, which will bring me joy, fulfillment, happiness. And if I am content, then I will be living a life that is far exceeding me trying to pursue somebody else's lifestyle and idolizing and putting somebody else on a platform trying to become them. Well, we've only really just scratched the surface. There's so many more that we want to cover. And in the next episode, we're not only just going to cover a few more, but also go into what do we do with all this information? How do we actually get healed? How do we dig these roots out of our hearts, so to speak, so that we can be the kind of people that are fully knowledgeable of who we are and the kind of life we're living and the kind of financial decisions we're making? All of that is based on being a healthy person that understands who they are and what they're called to do and is not driven by these root issues or by dealing just with the symptoms, with the actual outcomes, but dealing with the real issues, which is our beliefs, who we are, what we're called to do, how we're called to live. All of that really matters. So in the next episode, we're going to dig into that. And I hope you'll join us for that episode. In the meantime, we just want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love for you to continue to share this episode, share this podcast with someone else that you care about and want to see them also succeed in this area of personal finance. Also, we'd love for you to review and subscribe to our podcast. You can do so on iTunes and, of course, on any other device or podcast app that you use. Find us on social media. We're on every social media channel, and we'd love to hear from you. If we're touching on something that, that you want to know more about, would you just let us know? Drop us a note. Also, you can find more notes for this episode and, and other episodes on my website, leosabo.com. And also go to stewardshippastors.com, David's website, where you can find resources on biblical finance. David's put a lot of work into our website. He's also uh, launching his book, Jesus on Money. That's coming out soon. So pre-order that copy as a way of telling him to get it done and to get it launched and published. We'd love to see that resource come out soon, and it will. So please go ahead and, and order that and order one for your friends as well. Send another pastor or spiritual leader to that website so that they can have a better understanding on how they can equip their own congregation members with this content. Well, we want to thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep getting money right. Fruit, I want you as you're listening to be thinking about which of these are showing themselves in your life. Mm -hmm. Which of these symptoms are you exhibiting? Are you arguing and fighting over money? Uh, are you carrying credit card debt month to month? Mm -hmm. Do you make impulse purchases? If you're hearing that and you're like, ooh, that, that strikes a chord with me, mm -hmm. then keep listening because we're going to start to dig into some of these, these roots. Mm -hmm.